Hi, and welcome to Drawing Inspiration. I am your host, Mike Hendley. In this podcast, I look beyond the pencils, the brushes, the sketchbooks, and the iPads to discover what it means to be an artist. Join me as I speak to other creatives about their journey, as well as reflecting on my own artwork and experiences. Episode 90, Unfolding Creativity, The Art of Lifting, with paper artist Andrew Wong. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. So yes, I have a guest this week. (laughs) I was going to dedicate this episode to planning for 2023 and reflecting on the retreat I did earlier this year, but a friend of mine has a show that you can go visit right now in New Jersey, and I thought, what an opportune time to have this person on the podcast. I've wanted to have him on for some time, and so I thought the timing was perfect. I am still going to do the episode about the retreat and what I'm doing and planning for 2023. And I'm going to release that episode on December 26th. So episode 91 will be December 26th. Yes, I am not (laughs) going to be taking that time off. I'm going to be releasing an episode because I, as many others do, spend this time of year kind of thinking about what's next. And I thought it would be a good time to release the episode. I could defer it till January, but I thought releasing it over the holidays may help some of those thinking about what they're doing in 2023. So uh, following that, I suspect I will skip the next episode in January. So it may not be till the latter part of January when the next uh, episode 92 arrives. But I just thought I'd let you know that um, we're able to kind of squeeze this one in. (laughs) And the episode I talked about will be coming uh, just in the middle of the holidays. So uh, looking forward to that. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're still creating. So I worked on an Amur Leopard. I did this in watercolor and white gouache, and the reason I used the white gouache is because I did it on uh, Legion paper, which is a black watercolor paper. It's one of the papers they produce, and I really love this paper. It's really heavy. I think it's 300 GSM, and it really takes the paint really well. So the way I did this one is I laid down white gouache, and then on top of that, I applied some transparent watercolors, and that's how I was able to kind of kind of lift that leopard off the uh, the piece of paper. I really like working with this black watercolor paper, but you really have to be careful because if you happen to drop any white paint or any transparent paint onto that black surface, you will see it. So you have to be a little bit more protected about that. I don't think it looks as nice as when you have those little bits of paint appearing on a white piece of paper. But I'm going to do a few more pieces on this black paper, I think, in future. I've got, I think there was like 15 or 20 sheets, something like that in a little pad. So uh, it's it's fun. It's nice to be able to kind of try watercolor on different papers to, just to see how it absorbs. I mean, it's the same thing with hot press versus cold press or cold press 300 GSM versus 640. They all kind of act differently. And even one manufacturer's cold press against another, there's a huge difference sometimes in how they're treated and how it, how it takes the paint. So even, I'll talk about acrylic in a moment, but you know, regardless of all of that, I'm still going to be drawing. I'm still going to be uh, doing watercolor. So it's it's one of those things where I feel like spending time on acrylic makes me a better watercolor artist and spending time on watercolor makes me a better pencil artist. And it's kind of like a little bit of a, a loop that feeds itself. So anyway, I'm really enjoying that black paper. And on the acrylic side of things. I've been working on this tiger. I think it's coming along well. So this is a two foot by three foot piece. Once again, largest thing I've ever done. It sits behind me, almost haunting me if I'm working from the home office. 
it's challenging. I honestly got a little bit frustrated with it. I'll admit, uh, I had to walk away from it for a few days. I wasn't happy with how things were going. I was struggling with the brush I was using, trying to get the fur the way I wanted. I was trying to have it lay on top of itself. And I think when some people draw fur, they tend to draw it all in the same direction. And it looks like it's combed out. And I always try and avoid doing that, but it's really hard to get those nice lines. And so I bought a couple of extra brushes and I think I found the solution for myself. And I think I found the brush that has enough spring. So it's not just like, it's not just the size and, you know, getting something like that's a zero or a double zero, something really tiny, but it's, it's how those hairs perform. Do they bounce back? Do they lie flat? We're all going to have our preference, but I think I found something close to what I need. And so I'm going to be starting back into that in the next couple of days. I may do a couple of reels on this. I think people may want to see kind of (laughs) what's going on and how I'm doing it. And I'm in no way, shape or form, um, at the point where I can instruct or inform, but I can share my process and maybe you get a kick out of uh, watching me paint for a little bit. So uh, that being said, I'm also going to be doing some more lives. So I've reconfigured my, my layout and my setup, and I've uh, gone with uh, Ecamm as a matter of uh, software that I'm going to be using for this. So keep an eye out for that. That's probably going to be through Twitch and through uh, YouTube. And I may do some Instagram stuff over the holidays as well. So keep an eye out. I want to get back to that. I really enjoyed kind of interacting with the community and sharing the kind of stuff I'm working on. So I hope to do more of that in the future. So the other thing that happened this week is I got a new sketchbook. Not that I need more sketchbooks, but (laughs) yeah, because I have a few, I guess. This one I ordered from an individual in England. So uh, his name is Will J. Bailey. I'll provide a link in the show notes to him. And he makes these sketchbooks. And the reason I wanted this one is I wanted something hardcover. I wanted something with hot press paper and at a fairly large size, something I could throw into a bag that stays protected, but that I could put acrylics on and watercolor and pencil and ink and everything. And so he he makes these and it is a beautiful book. It's got the nice rough edge. I forget what they call it. Um, Deckled, I think it is. Uh, the rough edge of the paper on the outside and the paper is so wonderfully thick. It's so well made. This is something I could just throw into a backpack, take a few paints and off I go. So I'm excited about this and uh, I'm excited about putting some stuff down. But as always, I'm looking at this as a, as a white canvas and I'm like, hmm, what do I do on the first page? So I've been thinking about that. I think as we all know, it's that first page that's the problem, and I'm not going to scribble all over it, so I'll do something meaning- meaningful, I think. I'm still going to use my etcher books. Uh, I'm not putting those off to the side, but I'm going to use this, I think, in addition to those etcher ones. This is a much larger book, so it's the etcher's beautiful because I can just throw it in with my little sketch satchel and everything, and it's nice and tidy. This is more intentional. It's got some weight to it, but uh, I can do much larger pieces. And if I open it for a full spread, it's it's massive. So uh, I'm really happy about it. And uh, yeah, so I'll be doing some stuff in that over the holidays. So keep an eye out for that. Also, there is something new I'm going to try creatively over the holidays. I'm not, I don't think I've said anything about this on the podcast. But if you follow my Instagram, I have something that I've been meaning to try for a few months now. And I'm going to try it over the holidays. I have everything I need. And this is completely different. It is just me being curious and playing 
So I hope you're going to like <laughs> what this is. I've not had a guest that does this, and uh, maybe I'll leave it at that. So follow me on Instagram, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I don't know where this is going to go. It's something that I did when I was quite young at, at a much more amateur level. I'm not going to say amateur. It was, it was much simpler. Anyways, you will see over the holidays, I'm going to post a piece or two and then let me know what you think. Once again, just being curious and trying different things. You know, I know we've talked before about, about niching in on what you, um, what you want to be doing. But for me, this is part of the exploration and I'm excited to try this out. So I think that's it for updates. I hope that you're going to enjoy this time of year, enjoy the holidays. And as always, feel free to message me, share your work with me. I love seeing what you're doing. So with that, let's head into the interview. My guest and I have been friends for almost two years. We met on the Clubhouse app and I've been watching his progress through a mix of curious exploration and dedicated artwork production. He started with some paperwork similar to something known as quilling, which is placing small folded pieces of paper on a canvas or board. He also spent some time creating digital work as well as drawing, all in the hopes of refining his skills. He now calls his process lifting and is using it to highlight and celebrate the beauty of his culture and heritage, as well as others who feel under or misrepresented. To talk about his creative journey, I welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast, Andrew Wong. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Hello, Mike. I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on. We've been uh, internet friends for quite some time, yes. uh, following each other's journey. And uh, I know you as 10 past 9 which is your handle you use on Instagram and, and Clubhouse. And uh, I... Before I get into the kind of the typical journey I take, we're talking about your childhood. I just can you explain ten past nine to the listener because sure. And and, and I'll I'll lead in with something here. We decided to start recording this at ten <laughs> past nine at night. <laughs> so there's, there's it's a bit poetic that we're doing in that way. But can you explain where ten past nine came from? For sure. First, uh, thank you for having me here. Really appreciate you. Uh, ten past nine started about two years ago. And uh, it, it's the time, actually. It's the time. So I have two kids. They go to bed at 9 o'clock. And, you know, after tucking them into bed, like, I don't stay there, you know, sing the song and all that, like, sleep. <laughs> uh, so at about 10 past 9 is when I get to sit in my desk and uh, start to have my me time to, to uh, create. And, you know, one, one day I need a name and then... It was like when I sit in my chair and then uh, it was 10 past nine. Okay, this is this is meaningful and then also it sounds kind of, you know, cool, easy to remember. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to use it. That is how it started. Yeah, I think, you know, when I heard that, I really identified with it. I know that the listener right now would probably think, yeah, I'm the same way. Like I've got those, the, the points in my day, the points in my weekend where it's just me creating and they look forward to that time. And oh, yes. I, I think that's... That's what this is all about. So we're going to get deep into, into your journey and to, to where you are now to this exciting exhibit that's on right now in New Jersey. Um, so we're going to get to that as well. But uh, let's start way back to sure. the, the little bitty Andrew sure. and understand kind of where you came from because you've traveled a little bit uh, to, to end up here in, in, well, here in North America, I was going to say here in the US, but I'm in Canada. You've ended up here, but you, you didn't start here. And no. I'm wondering, 
as a as a child, were you a creative child? Did you like to paint and draw and do all that kind of stuff? I would say I am I am kind of like a artistic child. So I I'm originally from Hong Kong, uh, born and raised there, and I didn't come to the United States until I was fifteen. But uh, throughout this this fifteen years, I guess I had painting like drawing classes. My my parents will allow me to you know take these classes, and I will enroll myself into this. Well, I didn't enroll myself, but you know the studio might have to might, might have been like feature my my artwork in this competition and this and that and then, so I might have won a, a couple of awards like you know little tiny thing wow but growing up in Hong Kong um you don't think about like art or design or anything artistic like like it's a career path or something that you can expand on you don't dare to think about that so as much as I now you know in hindsight think as i was a creative or artistic child it's not something that i would like constantly think about oh i'm talented or, or whatnot and so your your parents enrolled you in some classes you were doing painting and, and drawing that kind of thing was there any pressure as you said like to, for you to take a certain direction uh, to not be an artist or to be a lawyer or a doctor <laughs> or anything like that i think well, thanks to my parents, they are they are pretty open minded for Asian parents, and that's pretty much applied to a lot of. That's not a stereotype. Like it is like right. like Asian parents, they want their kids to be a doctor, a lawyer, or something practical that will you know earn money uh, mm-hmm. to make a you know nice living, you know wherever they are. And in our case, it is in Hong Kong. But my parents, they let me do what I like to do. Did you get to a point where you think, you know, I want to be a a creative of some sort, but I don't want to do this, but I should do this. Like, how did that evolve for you? Because you ended up in doing something creative, but not necessarily as an artist. Um, I didn't discover that I am like somewhat okay uh, in terms of drawing until I got here. Like uh, I went to high school in, in Rhode Island and Boston. So there are, there are art classes in this, in this, I think it was um, in Boston. And then we had an assignment that, you know, we, we had to do the grids and like I was drawing a gorilla. I can still like vividly you know, visualize that, that, that gorilla that I drew. And I'm like, wow, I can draw. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I, as compared to many other, uh, you know, classmates. And and it was like the first time I feel like, huh, I maybe I can you know go into this direction. Now that being in America, like I feel like there are a lot more freedom, and I can picture myself going into like choosing a major that is you know you don't dare to think about in Hong Kong. Uh, I didn't, so I was like, yeah, I would love to be. Either a graphic designer, a fashion designer, or a fine artist. Like that were like the three majors that I would love to like go into. Were there were there people in Hong Kong that you looked up to? I mean, we, we always talk about people wanting to find people like them, 
you know, especially in in this in this world where we're trying to we're trying to push equity and diversity and inclusion. Were there people that you saw that you thought that's that's who I want to be? That's like, is are there people that uh, either Hong Kong or uh, in the main on the mainland that you saw as being heroes? No, no, honestly, no. Again, like you don't because you don't think about okay, I, I want to have a art career so you don't right. really i don't really look up to or pay attention to you know designer or artist i wasn't even i was still very young in hong kong right um sixth grade seventh grade so you don't you don't learn about anything else but you know your pop star and and, <laughs> and your uh, you know like trendy clothing or designer names and all that stuff right do you think that I mean we'll probably get into this later, but do you think that that mindset for a lot of parents in saying you've got to be the doctor or the lawyer, that kind of focus on being successful, right, or practical? How do you think that affects the culture moving forward? Like, do you th- do you, do you worry that the opportunity to highlight the culture over there is not something that is maybe seen as being as favorable by enough people? You mean? In, in the sense that with so many people focusing on their children wanting to do well as a, as a lawyer or a doctor, that there's not enough parents saying, I want you to be a great Hong Kong artist, or I want you to be a, a great artist, period. I, I, yes, yes. Because, like, yeah, how many lawyers do we need in Hong Kong? <laughs> <laughs> right? How many engineers? Like, I think the intention for the parents is they know, right? They They kind of know... They live their life, you know, they have so much experience knowing, oh, it's going to be difficult if you are studying art history, like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And that goes to fine art and even design uh, in, in Hong Kong. So it's not a typical area that the parents will like, okay, just just go do your thing and, and you'll be great. I think it's, it's not that kind of mentality in, in Asian countries. Right. Do you, do you worry that in 30 years or 40 years that could have a negative impact? No, because there is always open-minded parents and let their kids to do their thing. And uh, I will be one of them. Awesome. <laughs> We're counting on you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so your parents brought you over here. They were behind you as you took art classes. And, and as you said, you, you had the, kind of these three paths you were going to go on. What what did you do? So, so actually, they dropped me here, and then uh, yeah, so I oh, was really? I was actually here by myself uh, when I was fifteen. I was living with a pair of siblings in Rhode Island. Um, okay. So they didn't even know that I'm taking these art classes or or being good <laughs> in these art classes. They don't even know I went to a you know good college, like good art design you know college until. Their friends telling them, "Oh my God, congratulations!" And then my mom was like, "Congratulate what?" <laughs> yeah, so they don't know; they had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah, that's 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 another way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what then, did you end up going into? I went to Parsons for fashion design. Okay. Yeah. And how long a program is that? Like, is it two four, years, three years? Four years. Four years. Four yeah. years. Okay. It's a BFA. Is the four years? The okay. associate is two years. Okay. And how'd you like it? I love it. I spent 
So it, I spent one year aboard to Paris. Um, wow. That was like the best time, like one of the best time in life, honestly. I get to go to see many fashion shows and like, art in general, like the museums and the culture and the people you meet. Amazing time. What was it about fashion design that, that drew you to that? Like, what was it that you wanted to do that you felt maybe you could do better or do differently? I, no, um, honestly, I think, so the reason why I chose fashion design, I think when it came down to, it was either fine art or fashion design. I did take a summer course to see uh, what fashion design and graphic design like mm-hmm. in, in, NFI, in FIT uh, during my junior year summer school. And after that class, I was like, okay, no graphic design, uh, fashion design. I, I like it. I like to dress up. Well, you know, when I was young, like anything with a brand name, I, you know, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, I'm buying something that I really treasure. Like that feeling of luxury um, as a kid, I think I still remember those. I don't get that anymore nowadays. Um, right. But between fine art and fashion design, Knowing that, like, even though I had the freedom to choose what I wanted to do, I still have to respect my parents. You know, like, we are not a wealthy family. What am I going to do when I, you know, graduated from a fine art BFA? Uh, it's going to be difficult. I, I saw, like, I can see, and I really do enjoy, like, designing. And I think it was something that. I like doing, uh, I have passion to do, uh, something that I see myself doing like, as a job. Uh, so mm-hmm. I chose fashion design. And so you, you went through that program, you ended up at a couple of companies. Like what happened for, for Andrew after that, as a matter of So So opportunity came right away. Uh, my first job actually was going to Milan, working for Dolce & Gabbana. And nice. so that was like a dream job already like after you you know first graduated from college and then i worked there for like three seasons but i only spent time there um during the show uh, so i will i will sketch in new york and then i will go to uh, milan maybe one month before fashion show and then one month after the fashion show so i only really get to work like six seven months a year like for for that job and then I will have to like come back and look for other jobs in, in New York. And then so I got tired of it. And then so I just decided to like, you know what, just, just stay in New York. And was there lots of fashion work available for you in New York? Oh, yeah. Back then. Yes, definitely. Mm, so, yeah, I started out with high-end women's wear and then ended up with like my last job was like consulting for like a streetwear company i don't know if you know it's the the rhino echo and then uh, it was like a streetwear brand uh and then before i did my own thing i created a denim brand so what happened to you what what happened where you (laughs) thought (laughs) fashion is not what i need to be doing i need to be doing something different what what happened what clicked to say that I, I need to get into something yeah. around drawing or creating or whatever the case. So first, uh, it was back in 2009, 2010, something somewhere around there. 
I went back to Hong Kong. Uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, there was like the biggest denim manufacturer. He was like, "Hey Andrew, uh, you want to create a brand together?" And then it was like an opportunity that you cannot turn down. So right away, I flew back to Hong Kong, started my denim brand there. But I spent most of the time in China, in this little town in China that is everything and anything related to denim, like from the from the weaving of the fabric to the metal trimming to、uh, washing facilities to like anything you can think of, you know, like it's related to denim in that town. Like even the、wow. the the water that runs in the river is blue, like indigo、oh、blue. Yeah. <laughs> and、uh, yeah, so it was then. But then after a few seasons,、um, the we hit like、uh, financial crisis or whatever, whatever we call them. And then also the fact that I wasn't really enjoying what I was designing. It was more for business. It was more for the market. Like we design for the market. Like even if I hated a denim shorts. I will if if the market say we need it and we I will have to do something. I will do have to come up with a denim shorts.、Uh, so that I didn't enjoy. I didn't. I I hated the food. I'm I'm from Hong Kong, and there are different. There are many different cities in in China, and you go into different cities. There's a different kind of like a culture, like food culture, and、mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. The sleeping situation was horrible. I was literally living with cockroaches. Like you shake, you shake the curtain, like from this,、uh, what it appears to be like a five star hotel on the outside. You shake,、uh-huh. you shake the curtain. Oh my goodness! Like it, <laughs> it's like cockroach grave. Yeah, <laughs> it will come out. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that would push anyone out of the. <laughs> Out of that, I think, right? If you were, yeah. So all of this, I was just so burned out, fed up, and、I'm, I don't want to touch design or art at all. I was like, I'm done with this, and I,、mm. I stopped the whole ten, like ten years, and yeah. Wow, and then did you go off and do something creative, or did something else, and then come back to creativity? How did that play out for you? So after fashion design, oh, actually. I didn't stop for that ten years. In between, I have some like freelance job or consulting job, like helping hotel management company, hotel uniforms, art consultant.、Um, but I no more fashion design for me.、Um, I was like done,、uh, and then and then I went on to do some other business、um, on my own.、Uh, I didn't get back into craft or something creative. Uh, until at the beginning of the pandemic, when we all had the lockdown to stay at home,、right. uh, it was then it's like the first time I picked up something to to try to be creative and you know have fun. COVID was and is awful. It's impacted so many people, taken so many lives, affected economies, and it just goes on and on. But I think for many people, it provided them the opportunity to discover definitely to. Experience and for you, it was around your kids, right? Like it was that, like during the lockdown. So 
obviously we started ordering more delivery and then there are so hence there are more boxes like cardboard boxes laying around and then but for me it was more like uh, i knew i needed something to drive me on the right track like i was so influenced by the negativity around me there was like the, the hong kong politics there were the the right the the pandemic here there was so much stuff going on like the anti-asian thing and then many many negativity uh, I, I don't want to look at the news anymore so i'm like i needed to do something so i started just pick up a couple of boxes i'm gonna draw i'm gonna do a uh, like a medical boat. I remember that was like the first thing I, I made. And yeah, and then I'm like, mm, I, I love this. I, I, I love the lights. I love the compliments. Like, it's so, it's something finally positive, you know, like after all these years of like, just, uh, I don't know how to describe it. But yeah, because if I look back, I scroll back in your Instagram feed, your first post yeah. is that boat you made yes. out of cardboard yeah. and painted. Yes. And it, it's almost like it's it it provided you a bit of a, a lifeboat um, in kind of moving your life forward, right? And in, into this direction. Also, to remember, like for me to remember that time, like that, that is like the medical boat park on the Hudson River. And I want to remember like that specific time and then so I, I did that nice uh but after that it was all like kid stuff uh the kids couldn't go anywhere they couldn't even go to the park and then so i started building them some you know fun activities like ski ball machine pinball machine but ended up <laughs> my wife and i play more than the kids do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's funny the the pinball machine reminds me i talked about this in the last episode but i remember making a pinball machine when i was a kid yeah. and i used nails yeah. and rubber bands yeah. between the nails yeah and yeah. uh yeah. it it was just went on forever it was great joy yeah. doing that kind of yeah, thing man. yeah i love it <laughs> and you, you look at some of these designs and you could see the evolution yes and i would encourage if, you, if you're listening to this now Finish listening to the rest of the episode, and I will provide links to everything that we talk about, including Andrew's uh, Instagram. But you should go right back to the beginning and see the evolution here, because I think sometimes if you're going to look at Andrew's work and you look at the last post or last few posts, you're going to be like, are you kidding me? How does he do it? <laughs> but if you look back, you can see how he got there. And I think we, I think that's why I wanted to have you on is because the evolution in your art the time frame is such that we can all look at it and say, hey, if Andrew can do it, I can do mm. it. Like I can see the end, I can see the start, and I can see where he is now, and I can see the evolution. And I, I don't think we look at our own art that way. I think we tend to look at our art comparing it against the pers other person on Instagram instead of the version of us three years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I really, I mean, it. it you could probably listen to this podcast and just slowly scroll through your feed and we'll, and we'll feed you the story of Andrew because you were working on cardboard and you could see like some of the paperwork you were doing was was evolving. Like when you were doing the horses and the merry-go-round and, and all of that kind of stuff, it, it starts to get more detailed yeah. and more uh, you're more um, observant of the light. Yeah. And yeah, it's... Thank you. <laughs> Did you get carried away from 
uh, in doing this? Did it end up occupying a bunch of your time? Oh, and you were like, I, I need to do this man. better next time. And I got it. Yes. <laughs> I think that's just that characteristic is kind of me um, that I try to like, overly ambitious sometimes um, to challenge myself. But, you know, it, it wasn't something I have all the time I have, right? I have all the time I have. I, I, I cannot go out and then so. Yeah, I have the time to do it, uh, and and I can, uh, I can afford right. to do it. Uh, so I try to, especially the carousel. I was like, that is, I think among everything else, it's like the most challenging, the most time consuming piece of like I couldn't make it work until I did. So that was like, oh. Finally, <laughs> such a satisfaction. This is more than just cutting out pieces of cardboard and and attaching it together. There's, there's f- you you are working with fonts here and and color and it was yeah and and you've it's lit. There's lights yeah. in this <laughs> carousel as well. Super ambitious. And <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, it's right in front of me right now. I still this is like one of my favorite piece. Uh, it brings back childhood. It something i love the music too uh it's the movie from uh you know a movie that i really like which which movie spirited away uh from okay yes yeah yeah wonderful movie yeah i will link to that because <laughs> everyone should watch spirited away yeah wonderful movie yeah but that piece also gotten me thinking it's not about me posting every day on social media like i that made me want, know that I spent the time I need on one piece and be the best it can be. And that's the satisfaction I get the most. Then I tr- try to do that to many other things. Right. Like you just left it there on Instagram for people to look at, but you weren't, you had already finished. Yeah. It was done with, and it, whether you got likes or followers or whatever, it was like, you know what? I'm sharing this with you. I'm off to the yeah, next thing. Yeah, exactly. Don't look back. And I think that's artists do that a lot. We, we post it to Instagram as the start of something. Yeah. Like now I get this, now I get my likes and I get my followers, yeah. but it, it really is like you should be able to just drop it there and say, hey, if you get a chance, look at my stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm going over here and doing something yeah. new. I'm not going to change the value in what I've invested in this based on how many likes or followers. Exactly. Have, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you've always done that and you're still doing that. I don't know. I don't know. Now, now that I'm like taking this to like more like a business kind of thing, I don't know if I need to uh, change a little bit, but I don't think about it too much really. Yeah. I mean, you've got like, you've just got to, uh, to, 2000 followers 2004 as we're speaking and i think you're so relaxed about it it's like hey cool i'm at 2000 i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing i mean you're right that you know we'll get into the business side of this and then how your maybe mindset changes but i think that um that kind of idea of you know here's something i made is we have to be we have to be a bit childlike about it mm. you know when, when your kids make something and they bring it to you as a parent it's like look what i made yeah. We need to do more of the look what I made. But I did this. I didn't know that is. I didn't know that is is not supposed to be like this. I right. I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know about like. <laughs> I, I I still I think is like what what else can I do like you know right. So you're building these. You built this carousel out of pieces of cardboard boxes and things, which is just incredible. And then you decided to try something different. So, my house 
was literally running out of space. Like there is no, no, <laughs> my <laughs> my wife is kicking me out of the bedroom. I'm in the garage. That's my studio, uh, and I I can't put anywhere. So I needed to transition the the medium to something else, to something take less space. Mm-hmm. Um, and paper was a like it was a really, really like easy no brainer transition. Like okay. You know, it's still paper, but it's 30 times thinner. Uh, I right. can store it. I can hang it, you know. Uh, so I can even, I think that was the first time monetization came into my mind. Like if I were going to sell something, I, it would be very difficult to sell, you know, a card box, anything. <laughs> and, but, but paper, it was something that I can see. Uh, people who appreciate and, and, and spend the money. Not that I sold anything yet at that point, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, I don't know why. And somehow uh, maybe I was spending too much time doing it and then, and then started like subconsciously thinking maybe I need to make some money out of this. Like, you know, so yeah. So what you decided to do was take craft paper. So when I, or is it? Yeah. It was like a paper cardstock paper. Yeah. Okay. And then how did you, what was your first piece? And, and maybe you can explain to the listener how you do this. Because it, 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 it probably has refined since you started, but can you explain basically what you're doing and how you're doing it? When I first started with paper art, or at that time, I still think it was like just paper craft. Right. And I was just exploring different techniques different possibilities i was looking up instagram pinterest and see what interests me and if i see something that is cool i will try to do my own thing so i first started like 2d it was just like paper what do you call it the low poly kind of right uh, Mm -hmm. low poly art but i did it with paper from there i came across to something called quilling which is like a piece of card or a piece of paper or or cardboard standing perpendicularly to the plane okay and i thought wow what if i do i use the paper like do use this quilling technique on the low poly wouldn't that be cool Uh, so that i started the 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 first piece it was i think it was like the tiger or something Right. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I've I've done some of the the low poly stuff. So I think low poly just means low polygon. So it it, it looks very square. You can buy these kits that you can kind of glue together and and that kind of thing. I have one here. I think of a fox. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, geometric shapes. Yeah. Exactly. It's just kind of like you know somebody melted a bunch of triangles and polygons together and, and to create this kind of uh, animal of some sort. And you transition then to this idea with the tiger, where you're taking these pieces of, of craft paper, this this construction paper that's, you know, heavyweight, like it's not printer paper, it's got, it looks like it's got some weight to it, maybe 300 uh, GSM, like it's, it's fairly thick cardstock, and you're folding it and laying it on its side on top of paper. Yes. And it's brilliant because it, it has texture, it has depth, and it makes the light dance in between the, in between the, the gaps, right? Yeah. When you 
look at Andrew's work, when you look at that first tiger and you can see the the green of its eyes, and it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that you're able to that you're able to start doing this. And did you was it easy? Did you just start doing this and think, ah, I got I got it. I figured this out. <laughs> I don't know if I got it. I just think it's oh, it's cool. That that was like the first thing that you know came to my mind. I know there's like a lot of improvement to be made and this and that. I I yeah, but it was the first piece, like the tiger was the first quilling thing that I did. And then I just went on to, to try different things. And I, I thought, yeah, it's just it's just a technique that I really enjoy doing because of the I guess the discovery, like uh, you know, when you look very close, you don't really know, you don't really see what it is until you step back, you know, two step back, and then then right. you, you see the image. Were you using, like, you're using strips of paper? Like, what height was the paper? I cut my own. Okay. I didn't even know this, like, quilling paper, like, pack. Or, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I had no idea there were, like, quilling tools. I didn't even know. I, I know nothing. I was just looking at a picture, and, and I thought it was just cool. Uh, and and with the you know with the resources I have, whatever it is on my table, and I just tried to like do the same thing. So were you cutting it like it looks like maybe an inch? I think it's like a strips, a half an inch, half an inch, half an inch, or like yeah. I started out with half an inch, I think. And then, so you're cutting these strips. They're all half inch, like they're all the same, yeah, the same thickness. And then you're folding it, yeah. And then you're laying on its side. Are you gluing it to the paper gluing. below it, the substrate? Yep. Gluing yeah. it on the straight. So quilling traditionally are more decorative. Like people will use different tool to to make it uh, very crafty. Uh, there are different shapes that you can bend with paper and there are many like tricks that you can do but for me it was just it's just paint for me uh so i will i didn't do like all these like uh, very decorative motifs and and patterns the traditional quilling but i i love folding it i love folding different colors of paper and mix the and mix these color together to create you know a new color right and and that that is what I enjoy. So the real challenge with this, it's it's like you're you're laying paper on its edge and you folded it like you know uh, one piece that's maybe twelve inches long. Maybe you fold it ten times, twenty times, whatever the case. And then you're laying on its edge on this on this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Are you mindful about your light source when you're doing this? At the beginning, no, not until I did the, the self portrait. Okay, so at this time you're just trying to yeah. You, you're not really. The light isn't part of the experience yet. Light. It's really just the paper and the color. Not until the first portrait, like the black and white one, and then I was like, "Ooh, look! The, you know, like the, the the image is different when when it's in different light source." Then I kind of, I mean, I didn't create, you know, I didn't invent this technique, but it was it was like a self discovery that something has already been done maybe for a long long time ago uh, I just discovered oh you can actually use light uh, to to create you know the the, the image and I love it because I, I see the black and white portrait and then I see that you've done it with the color yeah right 
And this is the evolution I was talking about where it's like, I know that's not 10 minutes between the two items there, but you could see that it's like you you found something. It's like, I, I'm going to do something more with this. And then you go away and like the self-portrait you did of yourself, how much time did that take, do you think? So between the black and white to the color one, I'm looking at the yeah. post. I, I finish, I post, I finish, I post, right? It's two days. It's two days difference. <laughs> and did you spend like two days on it like was it of course not no in the you know whatever whatever time you get 10 past nine until maybe (laughs) i will sleep around two three over there yeah it's it's a brilliant piece are you doing like the one you did of yourself and once again we'll talk in the past we'll talk about the present uh, a bit later but are you always using kind of a white background and, and what is is it a piece of paper is it canvas like what is that substrate that you're laying these edge pieces on so at the beginning i had no idea this is going in galleries and, and like people <laughs> <laughs> like i need to be a carvel and none of that like it was just right. it was just a you know instead of people sitting at home using the pencil drawing in the sketchbook it's just me using a sketchbook and put some paper on top of it like so (laughs) so this is just a scrap paper from from sketchbook or the best it will be some like a thicker piece of cardboard paper uh, cardboard uh, paper it wasn't even like acid free and none of that I'm pretty sure that is going to turn yellow very soon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And were you were you always using white, or did you get to a point where it's like I'm going to try a different background? So actually, the first one is the the one next to Joker is the black one first. I was playing with this line work, so that's more like a half tone. But I knew it has to be if I'm using the light. As the reflections to the like, it bounces off because our eye is seeing what the eyes is seeing is not just the edge, right? It's it's the color that bounces off from the you know from from the cardstock paper to the the white ground and it reflects to right. our eyes, and then it's kind of like mixing that all together to get to get that uh, visual. Uh, so it has to be white. Or some something that will reflect lights at least. Right. It's probably the worst case scenario to have the the light directly above the piece if it was laying oh. on your desk, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So you you decide I'm gonna put the light has to be top right. Yep. <laughs> Forty five degrees up or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, I have two. Uh, you know those like um, video conferencing call like the uh, uh, light. Yep. Like a monitor light that you look better when you go online. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then so in my mind, even if, when, when I start doing it, I will imagine, you know, one light is going 45 degrees uh, on the right and then this is on the, on the left. And then so in my mind, it's kind of like when, when I start doing this, it is how I imagine it will set up and look the best. Right. Yeah. Because you, you're starting to rely, like once you do the portrait of yourself and then you start doing some of the other pieces, you're relying more heavily on that light coming in and the reflected yeah. color yeah. off of the uh, of those pieces that are standing on their edge. Yes. So if you have a beige or a, or a light ochre piece of paper on its edge, you're really counting on 
the light hitting the edge of that and reflecting down onto the white paper that is the background. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When you finished you and then you did a couple of the other ones, how did you end up? I guess you got you had enough confidence that you could put these up vertically <laughs> and not worry about the paper falling yeah. off. Like, how, how do you secure the pieces of paper to think I can now hang this on oh. a wall and not worry about them falling? Oh, off? the glue is is so strong. Um, and it? when you have multiple pieces of cardboard together, glue together, you can stand on top of it. Uh, huh. It is really sturdy. Uh, you can you can hang, you can throw, you can do whatever you want. It, uh, except uh, as long as they are glued together, like as a, as a as a team, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, stronger together. Yeah. And what kind of glue are you using? I first again, I wasn't thinking about archival or none <laughs> of that. Uh, I was just using right. whatever, like Elmer's glue. But there are different consistency of like different brands and different usage of the of the glue. And uh, now I use like Mod Podge. Okay. Yeah, I'll provide a link to that in case because I know people are going to leave this episode, go look at your work, and think I'm going to try that. <laughs> so it, it's good to mention these little supplies as we get through it here as well. Yes, Mod Podge is good. I like the consistency. So there are some glue that will dry instantly, like the moment you put down, it dries. I uh, those for me is not good because I need the flexibility to like move things around. But then you don't want something that is too like it takes too long to dry either. Uh, so I, I find Mod Pop is has the right consistency. Elmer's glue also similar, like the 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 most general one. Uh, but I don't know if that is archival. Yeah. Right. But the stuff you're using now is archival. Yes. Now. If we're looking at the evolution of you and your artwork, what's the next big step for you? Like once you did your portrait of yourself, what was the next big thing where it's like, wow, um, I think I've I've gotten to a new plateau here? It wasn't a plateau. It was from there. Then I got on Clubhouse, and which is a social media app. I'm sure maybe we will talk about that in the you know later on. Then people start t- seeing my work, and I'm oh, this is nice and can you do can you can you know i started getting commission work and then i'm like no way i can get (laughs) you can get paid for this (laughs) and uh yeah it was like the beginning i i had like one piece of like commission work like slash you know a gift for my friend from you know in taiwan but that was like the only thing until i got on clubhouse and and then people seems to like it and I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. You can earn money. Because I think, and, and for people who don't know what Clubhouse is, it's it's an audio chat app uh, where there's rooms and uh, you can join clubs and people of like interests end up in these in these rooms and these clubs. And it's just audio. You can sit and not say a word. You can sit in the audience or you can get on the stage and actually speak, but you can just sit and listen and people talk about what they're working on and it's it's evolved quite a bit as an app, but that's how I found you. And you know, we I, I found you re- really, really early on and I remember people being like you're doing what with paper? Like, I don't, <laughs> how does this even yeah. work? And there was a lot of enthusiasm around it. And, you know, this isn't the typical kind of artist I have on the podcast right. is, you know, cause it's not, it's not paint, it's not pencil, but, uh, and we're going to get to some of that. But what I really like about it is it inspires me to look at my art differently. Your, your work has always done that. You've always 
made me think, even when I was doing pencil, that, you know, how important light is in, in how we perceive what we do and how your exaggeration of it in, in, in what you're doing is, I think, important for people to embrace. Because when you look at, if, if you zoom into a painting of some sort, you're going to see your artwork. You're going to see the elevations and the light reflecting down onto the canvas. Like you, like if you zoomed in and magnified a piece of art, uh, a piece of paint um, on paper, that's what you're going to see. And it, you're, you're showing us the macro version of it and what can be done at, uh, at that level. And I, I, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And I, you've had so many people talking to you on Clubhouse about this. And I think that's, you know, what I wanted to get to as well is is how important is Clubhouse in this this community of people that many of them you haven't met or hadn't met, how important has community been around you evolving your artwork? It's everything. I credit like 100%. Like if it wasn't Clubhouse, I would not, be surrounded by so many artists and art topic, art, art talk, um, and it wouldn't drive me to think the way I'm thinking right now. The encouragement, you know, when I went when I went to Clubhouse, it was two years ago, uh, somewhere around February. I wouldn't rec- uh, identify myself as an artist then. Uh, for me, it was like paper craft, like some like anyone can do it. Anyone. Like if if you pull a picture out, like put a a picture of a dog of your dog, you know, you 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 find the same color, like the same color of like paper, like just lay on top of it, you you get the you get the same image. So for me, it was more like uh, not to discredit, okay, not to discredit, um, you know, <laughs> uh, paper artists or, or crafter out there, yeah. But but in my mind, like I think. Uh, art is is also is something else that I I have a differentiation between the craft and the art and then but back then I would consider myself more uh, doing it like a, like a craft more than an art. So you were doing these pieces, you were sharing them, and then you decided, you know, just when we thought we had you figured out, you decided to go do thirty faces in thirty days. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And it's like, come on, Andrew, <laughs> leave something for us. But that was amazing. Talk about that experience. Because I need, I knew, I needed something to go beyond uh, craft. I, I need some fundamentals, and and I knew drawing must be the things that I need to. I need to go back to improve. Like I need to build this ground like solid uh, and know where to go. I love portrait and like what else better than you know keep on practicing. But but this practice get me connected with many other people or artists or, or and started building this community and and people appreciate it and even I get like a commission out of these 30 days portraits and even had me like other opportunities is coming out from, you know, from the people I know or people who know me doing this. Because many of the people you did were, were on Clubhouse. Yes. And you were doing this on your iPad? They were on my, yes, on my iPad, on, on Procreate. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all just, I mean, you can see a very special one that you have here. That's my dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I left only this one. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can go back to like the the, uh, the what do you call it? The highlight. You can see the the progression. Yeah, there's because uh, I, I remember seeing them and it's like, oh no, we took them all down and I realized that you do have a highlight. So um, I'll see if I can link directly to the highlights, but you can see all all of them listed there. That was an incredible exercise. That's a that's a tough thing to take on. Drawing people is hard, but you did an awesome job and people are always blown away. It's like, oh, Andrew did a portrait of me. <laughs> and uh, what a way to get word out amongst a community is, is doing something like that. Yeah, I didn't even think, now to think of it, it's like, that is a very good way to kind of uh, to network, you know, like to 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 people, yeah, like people. Will, oh, I love this uh, drawing that Andrew did, and they will share your work, and uh, and somehow you you gain a, a few followers. I never really, honestly, uh, don't think about it that way, and and maybe why it's not. It's still a very tiny profile, uh, Instagram profile, but. You know, that's maybe that's how I got people to know me. I don't know. Right. Like I, and that's the thing is when you go on Clubhouse, it's your voice and your profile yeah. picture. And if you're drawing their profile picture, <laughs> everyone's going to see your work. Oh every yeah, time they're yeah, in yeah. People are yeah. like, oh, nice yeah. drawing. Who did it? Oh yeah, Andrew down there did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. There you go. So did you? You did thirty days of these. Did you feel? better at the end oh yeah i i did more than 30 days actually for me personally i did to 45 days and then okay uh because of this a few artists we got together we formed a like a portrait group and from there the five of us or six of us we did another maybe 60 days but different not uh, not just portraits, and then also different assignments, and not just you know, and it's real like charcoal and and soft pastel or even painting in the later time. So I did maybe more than ninety, like at least ninety days straight every day. Yeah. Wow. Would you recommend people do that kind of thing? Highly, highly recommend it. I I I don't only feel the difference; you can see the difference. Like look at. Look at my terrible drawing on my first day of the 30 days. Like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> to look at it, it doesn't even look like a real human. Yeah. So it's not only it improves the drawing skills, but it, it helps your eyes to... It's like training for the eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I find that very important, especially when I need to uh, work with light. Yeah. What would you say was your next piece that that really uh, that stood out leveled you up there? Because you you started getting into some NFTs at some point, and I don't yeah. really talk about NFTs in the podcast, but mm -hmm. the the kind of non fungible tokens. Uh, we won't get into what NFTs are, but you did some digital versions of the kind of work that you do in a weird kind of way. But it's <laughs> uh, obviously a a bit of a basketball fan, but yes. So again, that was just me exploring different things. I wasn't even thinking I, I will make money. I think deep down, yes, you know, everyone wants to like, you know, who, who, who are in that pool kind of, I want to create something and sell it. But for me, I think the next piece will be maybe the, the Jordan one, uh, the first Jordan one. Turn the sound on, it will, it will give you a little tour. <laughs> Is something when I shoot, when I video uh, these physical pieces yep. of 
Like I, you know, I, oh, how should I show it on Instagram or on social media? I would use the video, uh, use your phone, and then you kind of like go, it fly through the, the piece right. everywhere. And then, so that's kind of how I imagine uh, if I were going to do a digital one, uh, what it would be cool if I have a camera that is flying through in between these cardboard pieces. So that was like the inspiration to create this. The great thing about digital is there is no limit in space. Like, right. you can turn, you can do whatever you want. And so that, that came along. And because of that, it drives to the stuff that came after it. Did you, um, what program were you using to do, to do that? A blender. A blender? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you know Blender before that? No. <laughs> <laughs> It was the time when I, when I learned Blender, it was the time I was still doing like all of this. I was still, um, my, my kind of full time job was I had, uh, I was doing a startup company with my buddy. We were doing like a packaging solution company and okay. he gotten too busy. And then we, we put a temporary pause on this company and with the extra time, I'm like, everyone is jumping on NFT. I cannot just take a picture of my still and, and, and sell it. Like, it, what's the point? Right. For me personally, I, I think it has to be digital native. So I need to learn something digital. And I forced myself to, to do that. I was really like looking at, you know, two seconds on YouTube and then come back down on Blender and then YouTube Blender, YouTube Blender. That's how, <laughs> that's how I uh, created this. You just, you just go like, how do I? on blender and then <laughs> you will find your answer uh, youtube university does a lot of good it? for a lot of people oh yeah. definitely yes and and so from that you started producing some nfts yes with some of those yeah and you did jordan and pippin and rotman but for the nft i think the most i've gotten out of it is to get to know more like different artists and it allowed me a taste of what is it like to exhibiting something. Right. Like that was like the first time ever I I was exhibiting. Oh, so cool. I can I can show my work to people. And that was the first time. And it's also allowed me to uh, bring bring me to Dubai, to uh Saja, to these like places to to share the work, uh to share what NFT was uh and it was just great experience. Yeah. That's fantastic. But you didn't stick with like you didn't stick with NFTs. You came back to the physical, right? And then Yeah. Okay. So I think the next kind of highlight, I think the next step was uh I had a show. My college uh classmate, Sarah, and one day she was like, Hey Andrew, would you want to be in a group show? I'm like, Me? <laughs> I can I can show my work in a gallery? No way. I would love that. And somehow it came through and I did show like four pieces in this gallery. But at that gallery, what I learned is like, I cannot be showing this. Like as, like as an artist, what do I want people to know me by or what kind of art, you know, like... I know a little bit of branding, right? So what's your brand? Like, what are you trying to sell? What are you trying to communicate? I don't see any of that from my previous work. 
And then I think it was around April or May, I knew somehow I have an idea. It's like, finally, I, 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 I have the courage to really identify myself as an artist. Like, I think this phrase, like, I am an artist, completely changed, like a pivotal change of the mentality, the habit, the action, like everything. It changes. Um, and then so I was like, okay, if he or she can be an artist, right, why can't it be me? Right. You know, like, but that drove me to like, okay, if I were going to be an artist, I want to be known by this. Like, where do I come from? What kind of art? Like, all this. I wanted to show it. And that's how the opera singer piece, like, that was like the first piece I would consider. That's like the first art piece that I, I like, that I did. That's, uh, that, and it's an incredible piece. And when you did that first gallery, did you, like, all I could think about is the lighting. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> uh, because there were even uh, spotlight. But that, that, that hit, right. like, everything you don't want. <laughs> my yeah, there's nothing off at 45 degrees. Like, yeah. it's completely not the way you designed it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It just, like, hit directly on it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. Can we put it somewhere else? Like, hide it? I don't know. Yeah. So that also got me thinking, like, I cannot really just show this. Like, if I cannot control the lighting, the setting, mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult to exhibit the way I wanted it. And that's also why I changed the technique a little bit for the opera singer. Because on that one, then, I no longer uh, require, highly depend on the light source. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's like, it, it is a completely different piece. Yeah. Like you've got background color on this. The paper, the way you've rolled the paper is completely, like it's it's a brilliant piece with the, uh, the opera singer. Thank you, thank you. Then you just kept evolving from there. Like you went and did a mask after that as well. Mm-hmm. And then played with feathers, like... <laughs> It was, I cannot remember. Like after this one or two pieces, I get a call from Dante, uh, also a clubhouse friend. And yeah, and so we'll link to, to Dante, yeah. uh, to Dante's profile here. He's, he's a wonderful human being, supporting <laughs> artists. Yes, 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 absolutely. Learn a lot from him. He, yeah, he was like, Are you, let me know when, when you're ready for your own solo show. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> or are you like serious? Or are you, you know, I, I didn't know if he was serious, honestly. But that inject another inspiration or like drive in me that, okay, what if I want, what if one day I can have my own exhibition? Like what kind of art I want to show? And yeah, I think it was after the, I can't really remember, maybe after the first opera singer and then, then I got the call and then I started doing the second one and then he confirmed me the date. I think like three months ago or, or four months ago, something something around that, that, that time. And then I'm like, no way. I really actually have a show coming. I like I just started doing this like two months. He's crazy. <laughs> like who, who does that? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I don't even have pieces yet. And uh, come on, like do a solo show. So yeah, basically. And you, so you started. So you you had like three months notice to do. He did mention it uh, around in May, 
like that. May like if you if you ready for a solo show, let me know. So what does that mean, right? Like right. for me, I'm not ready. I'm no way ready to be. I'm not even. I don't even know if I'm an artist yet. I just kind of like okay. I'm I'm gonna call myself an artist, and right. I just identify that piece, and then so I don't think I was ready yet until he called me. Okay, let's set a date. Uh, and I think it was around July or August that he confirmed me with December. So September, October, like three, four months of time. That's crazy. And and he wanted what, like how many pieces? 10, 12 pieces? Or? So, so that's even crazier. He wanted around 15 pieces. But for me to do the opera single one, like I'm not sitting here like 10, 8, 10 hours every day right. at the beginning. At the beginning, it wasn't. But... It took me a good three weeks to a month to 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 did that one, and for me to have like three four months to agree to do another fourteen pieces, I don't know what I was thinking. Like <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, but somehow I yeah I love the pressure. I, I the deadline was good. It pushed me and uh, even further. Um, so the ten past nine started from nine a.m. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, after dropping the kids to school, uh, I, I would start doing then. Yeah. So how many pieces did you end up having? I ended up complete? there are thirteen frames, but there were okay. like ten pieces, and because some of the pieces are the original one, right? The original, but it's like a process for me to get a print, like to get the perfect image. Because again, I can, I, I, there's no correct light source at the gallery. So I want to show the most ideal light setting. So I took a picture and did a printout and I framed that. Okay. Uh, I put that right next to the original piece. So in here, it's more like a, the printout is more like the final product and the original more like the process. To get the final product, right? Yeah, interesting. So, if if somebody wants to buy one of these and put them in in their home, you would be like, "Now this is where you need to put the light," <laughs> right? I let them do what they want, <laughs> but I will have my suggestion. Like even for the commission pieces that I did, I will I will attach a video and then explain to them like. Do whatever you want, but do not do not put a spotlight right. on it. Like you're not gonna to you're not going to happy uh, right. if you put a spotlight on that. So how have things evolved for you? Like so, so, what are you using as the surface that you're attaching these to now? Is is it is it a specific board or is it canvas? Like what are you attaching these to now? Uh, now I use canvas, uh, either canvas or if the technique require i will use a an illustration board okay and then i would emboss on the illustration board and then you know and then design the style uh design the line like where i place the right the the pieces so we didn't really talk about your process either about like how do you with like the opera singer or some of these other pieces that you're doing now like how do you map these out are you drawing them like are do, do you do something in Photoshop and then do you bring it here? Like, so what's your process in, in getting this down so that you know where to put the colors? I will first sketch on Procreate. Okay. Uh, so that will be my first thing to do. And then then I would, whatever composition, color I decide on, on Procreate, and then I will, you know, that translate to the canvas. 
and then I will first paint and but as I paint then I will it's like a mix like the paper become the paint like sometimes I will go go with the paint first sometimes I'll do the paper first it depends so you'll go in and paint in between the pieces of paper um is that what you mean usually I will put the paint down first and then the lip okay. and then the, and paper the paper go on, go on top of it uh, but sometimes I will even paint on top of the paper but but sometimes how do you find the paper that you're folding how do you find those colors like are, is there a wide enough range out there for you because it's not like you can mix them <laughs> so so the way i mix it like let's say if i have a lavender color mm -hmm. actually uh, let's let's use pink right let's say let's say if i use if i see a pink color i will grab a red i will grab a piece of red um, color paper and yeah. then i will grab the white and then i will grab the pink i will see the color i see from my reference if it's a mix of you know sometimes you you see like this color you see oh you see gray you see green you see whatever you what my eyes saw yeah and my stack of paper is there then i will just use it and then and then fold it together and somehow <laughs> our I do our eye magic and they will mix together. So you, will you have times where you're putting like a red piece of paper on its edge and then you'll have white on the as the as the substrate there so that it gives you m maybe a bit of a pinkish? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or if you want more red, you maybe paint that surface as red and you have the red on the red maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If uh from this experience I find that if I so the most color of reflection you get is from white so if you can somehow let more white to bounce off with the reflection will bring out more color but th okay. that's kind of tricky like that you really have to learn from experience from from this what's the hardest part in this process for you the most difficult part is deciding on what to do uh. <laughs> <laughs> Every artist has that same problem. You've really? got a white canvas in front of you. <laughs> yeah, like that is the maybe the the most difficult part. Yeah. Like that would take that would take a long time. Like because I know yes, you can redo something, right? Right. But it's unlike a unlike like a painting, you can just okay gesso over or paint over <laughs> right. or you know like acrylic over. I can't. Mm -hmm. Like two weeks of work is you can like scrape it away and it's gone. And so for me, it's challenging to decide, okay, firmly, this is something that I will convict, you know, myself for the next two, three weeks with. And uh, that is probably the most challenging part. Are there pieces that we haven't seen yet that you've walked course, away from? Of course, of course, man. Yes, uh, there are at least two pieces that, that uh, okay. yeah, that is somewhere behind there <laughs> yeah yeah but it's you know maybe maybe in the frustration here that you end up taking yourself down a new path like are you are you on the path now that you're going to be on for a while or are you looking for the the signpost up ahead to say this is where you've got to take your next turn andrew no there are many things i want to do i want to yes i want to keep on refine the craft mm -hmm. but i also want to explore different area like because like light perspective there are many things i imagine i can do like put it because that 
all the inspiration is also coming from digital. This kind of no limit space thing. Mm-hmm. How can I how can I achieve something similar? Maybe in a sculpture, you know, maybe installation. Now we're right. we're, we're talking about scale, and then we're talking about natural light. Uh, and so yeah, so many things that I haven't uh, touched upon yet. I'd love to walk into a room where one of your pieces fills the floor and I'm walking on top of a piece of plexiglass <laughs> and the lights go out. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Like seeing your things at scale. When you said at scale, I was thinking, I'd love to see one of these pieces under a floor. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 So uh, you've got an exhibition going on right now. Yep. And this is why I wanted to have you on because this is so exciting. This is until December 22nd. Yes. And this is in, can you describe where it is? It's in New Brunswick. New Brunswick, New Jersey. Okay. And people can stop in here, see your work. Uh, are you going to be there? I will not be there every day. But right. if I, you know, if someone I know call ahead or you, whoever listen, <laughs> right. hey, I, <laughs> maybe uh, if I have the time, I will, I will make a trip. Because even for me to go down there is about like 50 minutes uh, yeah, okay. drive to an hour. Yeah. And so what's the exhibit called? Masks. Okay. And why did you, I mean, do you want to talk about masks? I thought it was quite interesting because when I do the the opera singer piece, it was more about like identity, identifying myself as an artist, where I'm coming from. Uh, and I find it quite interesting that when people are disguising themselves, the more people are disguising themselves, in many occasions, the more they reveal who they truly are. And that is not just culturally. Also, like for me, uh, experiencing like, what I witnessed, I wasn't there physically, but, but like a lot of protests that I see uh, happening in Hong Kong or the mm-hmm. BLM, um, you know, disguising people's faces and then right. they be themselves. Whether or, you know whether or not, arguably, it's a good thing or not, uh, they do. Mm-hmm. Also on the police side too, you know, like in Hong Kong, you cannot identify a police, but when they disguise themselves with the gas mask, they go on yeah. to do their thing. Uh, but so the question is really now: Who is the true self? Is the one is who is the true self, and then which one is the mask? Right. Right. Like. Are we being truly ourselves when we are disguising ourselves? And that, or if we are not physically putting on this mask, but this everyday face that mm-hmm. we, we let people to identify ourselves with, is this a mask that we, we, we are like hiding our true self with? So um, I thought that is quite interesting. And then, so I just wanted to build on top of it on a more like a cultural way because so, so I did Chinese and then, but they are different. Um, for me as a Asian American um, mm-hmm. artist, right? All of this is identity. Um, and I believe there are many other minority groups in America uh, will share the same uh, voice and then these are the people also I came across from clubhouse and and the people I know and you know share similar stories so mask I put many different culture of people who have this mask 
and find beauty in them. Also, as a fashion designer angle as well. Uh, right. So, yeah. Do you think that for yourself, have you, are we seeing the real Andrew? Are you wearing a mask? Have you, sh- ha- have you f- shed a fashion designer mask in favor of an artist or have you donned an artist mask? I, I, I'm, I'm on my way of a discovery. I think this past month is helping me to identify who I am or who I want to be. Right. I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. But the more I do, the more I know what kind of art or what direction that I, I like to go into. So obviously, as an artist, we want to be able to, at some point, monetize and sell our work. Um, and you've sold a few pieces. Can you maybe talk through what you've learned in kind of selling your work? So I sold a few pieces. I sold, particularly, uh, this these two pieces are the like a pair of the opera singer, of the earlier ones that I did. Mm-hmm. The first piece I, I saw was actually the guy who was holding the banana. Um, and, and so this work is all about identity. And the banana kind of symbolize, you know, Asian American, like no matter how white are they inside, they were still being looked at yellow on the outside. Um, and I think that also applied to many different cultures as well, um, or ethnicity. Right. But what I learned is really when I, when I first put the banana was, was there, was, it was for humor. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> such a serious like super like i put so much craft in it and then all of a sudden you see a random banana like why is it there um i thought the humor yeah. is me i thought also the, the story is personal like because when i when i did that one and i was like anyone you know again like anyone take a picture or, or have a visualize of an opera singer in their head, they can do the same thing. But what makes it me? So I, I, at some point, I put that banana there. But after I did like another nine pieces, I'm looking at the nine pieces, and then my wife and I were like, at some point, should we take that banana down? Like it doesn't like. And then uh, somehow my friend uh, who bought it, and then it was the story of you know the banana story that really he find you know he, he resonate with that and right and that's why so it's not just because of the craft or or the you know the color or whatever it was that story so what i find uh, that what i taught me is how can i make my art in the future even more personal and right somehow you will find someone that share that story and appreciate it and buy that art. Don't think about who is going to buy it too much. I, I think they will right. find you. Well, I think that's important. I think we have to understand that as artists, as creatives, whether we're Vero doing photographs and video work or, or you doing your work with paper or me drawing or painting, we're all trying to tell the story. Yeah. And if you've got enough elements in there telling the story and you're confident in the story that you're telling and other people, and you can share that story with other people, you're going to connect with someone. There's always someone out there that's going to connect with you in some way. And they may see something in your work you don't see. And immediately they're going to be like, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. But you're right. Like it's, and and I think it takes courage to do what you did in 
putting that banana in there. I think we have to yeah. remember that too. So yeah. I'm going to put that banana in many of other things, <laughs> other pieces now. <laughs> I like that because it's he's he's holding one, and then um, the other yeah. one it's it's an earring, yeah. and I think that's kind of cool. It's too. also yeah. on another piece. Uh, I'll let you find it. <laughs> okay. That, that'll be the other homework. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm excited to see what you're going to do next. Thank you. Because <laughs> it'll be next month. <laughs> like the yeah. way that you're moving on this. Because yeah. all of this has happened, Clubhouse, what, what in the last two years? Yeah. Like this has been fairly quick. Yeah, very, um, very quick. Yeah. And as you said, you know, for, for Dante to come at you and say, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you be ready in December? Yeah. Um, and it's... I, once again, I have to compliment the the community on Clubhouse. Many of the people I know yes. who've come around to support you with all of this. Yes. And you know, the other thing that blew me away is when you were just preparing for this show, like just getting to the to that point, just before the show, you went to New York and visited uh, Vero, yes. who's who's an artist and photographer, a wonderful, wonderful artist. Yes. And uh, to her Noonlight Studio, which is her f- business, her operation there. And she did some wonderful photos of you and your art. Yes. And this is this opportunity of leveraging community and artists. Completely. Thank thank you for her and, and uh, Noonlight, shout out. Um, yes. That was the best picture. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that, 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 uh, of, of me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Really thankful for her. Yeah, she did an awesome job. We'll link to uh, to Dante and to Veto, um, so you can reach out to both of them, and as well as Noonlight, which is Veto's uh, uh, company. Can I take like two minutes to compliment her? Yes, for sure. I think she also started not long ago, like me. Yeah. Like I think around two or three years, like pandemic artists as well, and mm-hmm. but her sensibility to like this video editing or whatnot uh i was just talking about it with the other artists like it it's not the technical like uh you know what f-stop and all this stuff like with her it's all emotions that i Mm -hmm. feel like you don't need skills like you don't need like she can use an iphone and produce you know the work that she does so I, i love that for her and uh, I'm so thankful that, you know, she, she's helping me to take pictures, you know, of my artwork and, and myself. Yeah, I mean, she's an artist, a photographer that goes to Fashion Week with cameras that are 30, 40, 50 years old. <laughs> and she's able to pull it off. And none of us question her ability to do yeah. that. And the magic that she injects into the stuff that the photo, the photos that she takes just, you're, you're right, like it's, and, and she's, you know, she's done wonderful video work. She has a, a, a video series up on, on YouTube. And being around people like her, like you, like Dante, who just take it on and just do the thing. And you do the next thing and it just runs through your veins it's it's something that as artists we need to to be near we need to understand it's possible that you don't necessarily you mean you don't need a, a fashion degree no you don't <laughs> to be up in a gallery um, yeah but that was your path here right yeah. and uh so it's I, I think it's exciting that you know for the person listening who's thinking about what they're doing and how they're doing it that you know, listening to your story and listening to this different way of doing art may trigger something in them. And that's why I wanted to have you on is because this is a different technique. And I've had some people doing different kind of work, but yours is so different that I think this experience could help somebody. 
If it just helps one person in thinking, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try the thing that I was scared to do mm. because Andrew's doing his thing. And, you know, I th- I just, I think this is an opportunity and I, I applaud you for being so curious and so creative because I think we need a lot more of that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love that. I think that that is, that will always, uh, like, drive me like that curiosity curiosity to you know to something new to something better right so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's uh it's incredible i'm so glad that uh, we were able to talk about this and i i hope people check out the links to to you to uh to your artwork the exhibit and to to dante and vero and everything else that we talked about i'm going to link out to the supplies but i always get to this point where i kind of want to talk about what the listener can do mm. as a matter of homework. Because I think it's always fun to listen to a podcast and be like, all right, <laughs> now what do I do? Because we have we have Clubhouse people listening to, uh, and, and other people around the world, uh, in Latvia and Germany and other locations listening to the podcast, and they may doing, be, be doing it on a walk or on a run or in a drive, uh, driving their car or on the bus, and they come home and they're like, that was a great podcast. I want to do the thing. Right. So what would what do you want the thing oh. the homework to be for that? Oh wow. Um can it be more than one thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will allow it. <laughs> I highly encourage 30 days portraits. Uh, whatever. Like 30 days whatever. Like 30 30 days of a circle. By the day 30, your circle is going to be incredible. <laughs> you know, like yeah, do that. It will you will find improvement in in many ways. And the second thing I encourage people, if uh, you, you you kind of like to you know get into the style uh, this 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 technique, which I call lifting actually, um, because when I put my stuff in a quilling group on Facebook, and mm-hmm. some lady was like. Your thing is not quilling, my boy. Uh, your <laughs> uh, and uh, and then so some some other defended me. It's still quilling. It's a form of quilling. Uh, they, because I don't fill up the the everything uh, with paper, and then they they again they use very decorative um, like motifs and 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 paper shapes to fill the thing. So right. So this lady was like, yours is not quilling. And then so, okay, if I'm not quilling, then uh, everyone is asking what technique is this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a name then. So I call this lifting. So instead of putting paint down on the canvas, like putting paint color down on the canvas, mm-hmm. I'm lifting this color up above the canvas to play with the light and then to react to the, the light and shadow. Uh, and then also symbolically, uh, when when I did this show, uh, doing all these, you know, minority groups, uh, you know, that lift that we 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 wanted, um, the right. the the underrepresented to be lifted. So I think is it, it 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 goes too. So this lifting that you um, everyone is if if you are interested, I will just pick a picture that you like your dog, your cat. Your children, maybe not your children. It's difficult for to get the like a younger image to because of all these lines. Uh, you somehow make it yes. look like wrinkles, Old. yeah, older. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe not babies, uh, but you know, pets, 
especially furry pets, uh, it will be great. Uh, it's a great, great exercise. Just put the find the color that matches, you know, on the pictures. Just put directly on the on the image that of the printout, and then you'll be amazed of of this. Uh, image that you, you just did uh, it will come and so with the if you print out the image did you do it in black and white or can you do it in color i did it in color first okay yeah. and then i was just i was just trying like how would it look and then it, it come out it come out looking very nice yeah pleasantly surprised everybody needs a lift and i think that uh i think everybody should try lifting yeah it's it, it would be accessible for anybody. Yeah. Like you may know somebody who has a bunch of craft paper, uh, who has some time, and you can just propose this technique to them. Yeah. I think that's great. Like if you don't do the homework yourself, I'm sure you know somebody who's got too much craft paper in their house. Yeah. Who would want to try this? Yeah. Yeah. Or even if you want to start something even uh, less challenging, have a line drawing on your sketchbook and just put paper on top of it. Like, you know, outline it or whatever. My my boy, he is my elder one. is nine years old, so he just did a painting uh, of like a like a rocket or whatever. I thought he was finished, yeah. but he's like, uh, "That was your paper." So, <laughs> so he he's after his painting, he wants to do the paper on top of his painting. So, so that's another way to do it too. Nice. I was going to ask you that. What do what do your kids and your partner think of all this? Oh. Um, after all this time, I think the moment that I feel that ah, it's something that I achieve is we had a little interview at the gallery and I was up in the sta- on stage uh, with an interviewer and having I saw that and having my kids to see uh, me not just in the garage <laughs> like right like I think for them to see daddy have some sort of achievement i think in some way it you know makes them proud or you know like i I really yeah thankful for that like treasure that moment because kids needs a role model they like they 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 look at what you do they don't listen they don't listen to what you, you you tell them like like just like the painting that he was trying to do they they right. he he saw the way i i do my art Oh, this is how you do it, art. So I'm gonna do it the same way. I didn't tell him to, you know, like quill or to lift, right? But he he just wanted to do it. So me being on stage is important for me, like as a father, to be a role right. model for the kids. That's awesome. You know, our kids look to us, right? Yeah. And they look to this and to see the opportunity, yeah. right? That dad's up there and he's being interviewed because of something he's created, and it's not because he's a lawyer. Yeah. Or a dentist, yes, yes, right? yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, and I know so many other kids are going to look at you as you get into more shows and more exhibits. They're going to look and say, he's like me. I can be like yes. him, yeah. right? That, that's awesome. that is how I started. You know, why can't it be me, right? right. Why can't it be right. me? It can be you too, whoever listening. Yeah. It can be you too. All you have to do is start at 10 past 9. <laughs> Keep going. Or eleven past nine. <laughs> eleven past nine. Those websites are all open. Those uh, Instagram <laughs> Instagram handle are all open. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your ki- your kids could be eleven past nine and twelve past yeah, nine. Right? <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic, and I love that homework. I th- I do think the thirty days of anything is is really good. I think that's a really good experience oh, for people. One more thing, if I may, mm-hmm. 
is surround yourself with a bunch of artists. I think like me being around them is is my drive. Like I look at them, I'm I'm quite competitive. And like looking at them so good, like it makes me want to be better. Like right. you know, you, yeah. And surround yourself with great artists. Just I don't know. Just go 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 to go on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is I think there's this opportunity for networking is not just it's you know in some ways it's setting the stage for an exhibit, right? So two years into it. You've got people around you. You've got Dante helping you out. You've got Vero he- helping yes. you out. We all need that network such that when we get to that point, we have an opportunity to reach out and we've got those connections and we've got those people. And they may be on Clubhouse. They may be at your local rec center. They may be they may be right on your street. Yeah. Who knows? But um, there is opportunity, and especially with you know other free groups. Like I, I, I join an Etcher Etcher, the company, have a, a gathering they do, which is free on Zoom. There's plenty of ways to connect with people. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree, kind of surrounding yourself with those with those people and, and reaching out because, you know, the thing I'm going to ask you next is where can people find you online? And I think if, if, you, if you're inspired by Andrew and his journey and his work, reach out to him. Yes. I mean, it's connect with these people and ask the questions and be curious. We all love talking about the stuff we do. Yeah. So if you ask us a question, we're going to answer. DMs are open. (laughs) Exactly. And so on that point, Andrew, where can people find you? Oh, everything 10 past 9. All the social. It's uh, numeric number 10 and then uh, past, P-A-S-T, numeric number 9, 10 past 9 on everything. Okay. And 10past9.com as well. And 10past9.com is my website. Yep. That's awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was, I, I've known you for some time and there's stuff I heard in this interview that I've not heard from you before. So I think this has been special. It's been a great way to get to know you even better. I feel like I've always felt that we've had a connection. I've, I've felt inspired by your work and I'm sure the listener will feel inspired as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Awesome. I'm looking forward to, to more from you in 2023. So yes. we'll keep an eye on Yes. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Show notes, including links to everything Andrew and I spoke about, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 90. If you enjoyed the show, please follow, share, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help surface the podcast for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Be kind to yourself and each other, and keep drawing. Theme music for this podcast is Acid Jazz, provided by Kevin McLeod.